Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for Common Sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Standing for truth, justice, and the American way. Bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. You're in a Well, we are here. It's Memorial Day uh, weekend, and we're WABC running live. Uh, Curtis worked 50, uh, 50 hours in two days. That's what you do on a slow day, John. You know, you, you realize that you were with him this morning, well, my I was friend. With him. I, I left the Hamptons this morning at 4 o'clock in the morning. Wow. And I was the only schmuck on the highway. There was nobody on the highway at all. <laughs> Who but, else would be on the highway at 4 o'clock in the morning on Memorial Day weekend? And you didn't break the speed limit? I didn't break the speed limit. Of course. Limit. By the way, that's you know, probably the only time no traffic, right, at that time. <laughs> and uh, I'll tell you, we have... Uh, Nothing but Republicans in the uh, in the studio today. What happened to Democrats? They took the day off. I'm in. Uh, by the way, I'm All an independent. The took the day off. I'm in, and I don't know about Jack. Jack, we haven't even asked Jack yet. Well, in the studio, we have Ed Cox, uh, New York State uh, GOP chairman. We have former uh, Congressman Peter King, uh, and. We have Jack King. Oh, well, Jack Sweeney. There you go. King. Oh, Jack King Sweeney. <laughs> and you got to explain Thompson who Jack King's, is. Uh, son-in-law. Uh, son-in-law. His grandson. 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 That's his daughter's uh, son. That's right, Aaron's son. Aaron's so Aaron's son, and his name, his last name is Sweeney. But right. I said, if your name was Jack King, I could, you could make movies because that's a good name in the, in the movies. Yeah, although Jack Sweeney's pretty good, no, too. He's a very Sweeney. dapper Come man, on. too. What would you rather say? The Attack on Moscow starring Jack King or The Attack on Moscow starring Jack Sweeney? As long as there's an Attack on Moscow, I don't care these days. <laughs> now, did you see the, the big news? The big news is Moscow has ordered. A, uh, uh, the arrest of Senator Lindsey Graham. I saw that. Yes, for advocating for advocating that NATO should help the Ukraine more. Yes, I saw it. He was on the the top of the list uh, that they put out just recently. A whole huge list because he is supporting Ukraine. Today. He just came back from Ukraine too, so he was very supportive. And they've started their offensive. And also, by the way, in the last few hours, on a much serious on a serious note. Uh, the Russians have been hitting Kiev too, pretty hard yes. in the last few hours. They're so it's very, really very hard. Day, day and, and I night. understand day our friend night. Todd Shapiro with uh, with Governor Pataki and Rob Cole was all supposed to go to Kiev tonight. Oh my goodness, wow. are they still going? I have no idea. Oh wow, but those drones are coming towards Kiev. They, they are. They knocked just about every one of them out, though. Wow. They're good. They're well, good. well, this is a know, reminder who, why you need a strong military. Whom do you believe? <laughs> well, I don't know. Yeah, it's just uh, but uh Well we'll ask Todd Shapiro, he'll tell us. Yeah, yeah he'll exactly. tell us the truth for sure. <laughs> we'll get the lowdown from Kiev live. Oh He's my goodness. Call. I said, Can I take life insurance on you? <laughs> <laughs> Poor Todd. He's like, I want to go there and help the people. No doc <laughs> No, he's he's going on uh he he, he has been commissioned to go. Yeah, which, by the way, Pataki does great work. I want to also give a shout-out to Pataki because, remember, yeah, he got no, trans- nominated yeah, for the Nobel for Peace the Prize. the Transformers that he brought in to wow. escape the electricity running in 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 Ukraine. Absolutely. And him that, and Todd and all those guys and, have yep. been doing a lot uh, of great work. Yep. Erdogan won. Yes, he did Turkey. in Turkey. 
uh, it looked like Mitsotakis won in Greece. But Erdogan is taking the oath of office on the Asian side, a la the sultans of Turkey. Now, there was an interesting thing. And we have Luke Hatsos later on. He's going to be on. Uh, today, I think, is the 570th year of the fall of Constantinople. So you never know this Byzantium politics that what if you purposely— Byzantium uh, politics? How about locking up your major opponent because you run the courts? If you, if you, you know, if you lock up your, your opponent, you, yeah. you win this year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and Erdogan, by the way, you know, uh, it's going to be a tough time for anybody who's an opponent of Erdogan coming up in yeah, Turkey now. Today's Memorial Day, and it's a special day. Congressman? No, just say briefly, you mentioned George Pataki before. I don't think we realized what an outstanding governor he, he was. He was terrific. an outstanding really was. governor. Because yeah, he was low-key, and he didn't talk about himself. Low-key, did his job, and made sure the right thing was done and for he, everybody. he let you go, he'd give you a job, and he let you go and do it. Yeah, and you did know, a great job with crime he, and security. Yeah, it was about five minutes. It was about five minutes he thought about running again. And uh, uh, he wanted me to be his lieutenant governor. Oh. That I, would have made a lot of sense. Wow, it would have. Wow. It would have made. And, and what happened? It. What happened, what happened what during those team. five minutes? Come on. That would have been. Where were we? We could have pushed you. <laughs> made it longer than five <laughs> yeah. minutes. No, but he's a very fine person. And he is. Uh, he, he. I think you could have won. Yeah, I do, too. He would have won. He Absolutely. Won. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, uh, the minorities all supported him. Yeah. The, the Latinos, the Hispanics supported him. The the, the African-American community supported he him. He did a great he job. He was a fair person. Yeah. Very fair. And, and, and an adult, you felt like he had a, a perspective. And, and, and I, I'm trying and to get Congressman King to run against uh, uh, Gildebrand. Well, let's see. What do you think, Pete? What do you One think? One more shot. Yeah. <laughs> You know well, what? Uh, what do you think? You, Come I, on, Pete. Go, you, you King, go. Go, <laughs> King, go. You never, you never know. And, and I know this guy named Jack. That would <laughs> be a campaign manager. Yeah. Jack, Jack King. There he is. Jack can run. No, listen, we, great opportunity, but no. In fact, Ed and I discussed this years ago. In my, we did. In, in my we did. But I want you to think home, about it again for five minutes. <laughs> At least five minutes. <laughs> now, now, I understand we have a special guest. Yes, we do. Um, and we have the great Frank Siller, who, of course, is head. He is the chairman of Tunnel to Towers Foundation. One of the finest uh, outfits. Absolutely. We and last love year them. we did an event together. And, in fact, here's a little hint. Before we bring in Frank, here is one of our favorite songs and how perfect to play it on Memorial Day because it reminds me of Margot's birthday, December and 2nd. And we had a big dinner with Tunnel to Tower. And we celebrated Margo's birthday at the same time. And here's what we did. Here's who we had there. And I'm proud to be an American, where at least I know I'm free. And I won't forget the men who died, who gave that right to me. And I gladly stand up next to you. That is a beautiful song. We love the great wow. Lee Greenwood. My favorite moment, John, at the yes. Tunnel to Towers Foundation I, I have tears in my eyes thinking about it because it was Margot's birthday. She is so patriotic. You got up on the stage and you guys were singing with Lee Greenwood. Me and Margot and Lee Greenwood are singing together. And then and you pulled me up, which was a mistake because I can't sing. But I did get up there with you guys. But it was so special. Uh, and, and joining us now is the great Frank Siller here on Cats and Cosby on Memorial Day. Frank, we love you. What a, what a great a moment that was uh, to be there, I think, of last year with John and Margot. We got to do it one more time, Frank. 
<laughs> Why not? Uh, you, you help raise a lot of money for the foundation, so uh, I, I would love for uh, to do it again, uh, for sure. And I would say, uh, Rita, uh, your voice wasn't bad. Uh, it was uh, pretty good because the whole the whole room was singing along, uh, you know, for uh, Margot uh, and her birthday. So it was a, it was a, it was a great night, and a night that I, I'm sure none of us uh, will forget. And you know, and what are we doing today? We're going to make sure that we honor all our men and women in uniform that paid the ultimate sacrifice for our freedoms, for our liberties. And, um, you know, today is not just about a barbecue. It's about remembering these great heroes from wars and past and most certainly for the global war uh, on terror. Frank, this is Pete King. Let me just say at the outset, I can't think of a more worthy guest to have on, on uh, Memorial Day than you. The work you do is absolutely phenomenal. You are really a great hero. Yeah, and you raise a lot of money Thank now. You, tell, tell us what you do with that money, the, the the good things that you do with it, Frank. Well, uh, let me just tell you what we did today and what, we, and what we've been and what we've done in the past. So today we're giving thirty mortgage-free homes, many mortgage-paying wow. Gold Star uh, uh, widows. Yep, thirty homes, um, and it, so twenty-one of them are for Gold Star and nine for fallen first responders. Why do we do? For, uh, first responders today, because those nine first served our country and then became first responders afterwards. And I call them superheroes. They served twice, our, our country and our community, and they uh, all died in the line of duty, leaving behind uh, young uh, young families. So, uh, yeah, we're proud of the donations um, that, that come in. You know, we ask everybody, go to T2T.org, $11 a month. Uh, you hear it all the time on uh, WABC Radio for sure. A great supporter. Uh, John, I can't thank you enough for what you and your team has uh, done for Tunnel to Towers uh, Foundation. But we have a lot of work ahead of us. We're going to deliver over 200 mortgage-free homes this year alone, over 200 last year, over 200 the year before. And uh, we keep on growing every single year. So no matter how much money we raise, there's more work uh, that has to be done because there's a great list of heroes that we still have to help. You know, Frank, I, I know everybody knows the story. Everybody knows your incredible organization. But I just want to have you just briefly tell again the incredible story of what sparked it with your brother um, running through the tunnels and and how he was called to serve on that day. He was supposed to play, what, golf, I think, with you that day? Yeah, myself, my other brothers, he was on his way home, and he heard on his radio that scanner that the towers were hit. And, you know, what a first responders do, what a firefighters do what of our military do they run right towards the danger and that's what he did tunnel uh, brooklyn barrier tunnel was closed so he strapped the 60 pounds of gear on his back and ran through that tunnel to the towers where he gave up his life while saving others and that's why we are the tunnel to towers foundation so many people say what what that's an odd name why is that name i said well it represents the sacrifice that my brother made but also represents the sacrifice that so many great heroes uh, made that day, you know, uh, Congressman King. You know, you've been to, you went to so many uh, wakes and funerals at, at, at that time. Governor Pataki, Libby Pataki, was actually at my brother's uh, uh, funeral and 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 spoke. Um, and it was uh, it was a time that you know was changed the world, uh, but we want to change the world for the better, and that's why we decided as a family to do good in Stephen's honor and honor of all these great heroes, and that's why we do the work we do. Look, we just took on a new uh, part of our mission, and we're going to make sure we eradicate homelessness amongst our veterans. And this year we're going to get over 2,000 
homeless veterans into housing, plus get them all the comprehensive services that they need to get back to assimilate back into society. So we have our work cut out for us, but we make promises and we keep those promises. So I'm buying properties, hotels all over the United States. We're redoing them into these beautiful apartments, small apartments, but better than small apartments than being out in the street. And we have all the services right there in the, in these hotels. And that, you know, they're, you know, they're beautiful. They're beautiful. It gives them back hope. It gives them back dignity and uh, some uh, and some independence. But we want them to get back into society as well. So well, these are the things that we're doing. Frank, we look forward to, for WABC and, and myself to work with you again uh, real soon, maybe come September, October, whatever, and um, raise some more money for our veterans. Frank, it's an honor and, to and know for you. our really uh, 9-11 victims. Yeah, say, it's really an honor to know Frank. It really oh, is he's the best. Frank, I love you. You know, we've been friends for so many years. It's an honor to have you here. Well, thank you, Rita. Thank you, John. Thank you, Congressman. And thank you, you all. Uh, let's just not forget these great heroes. They paid it all. I just want to read something when we close. My grandson, eight years old today. I was on Fox earlier today, and he came with me. And I told him to write something so I could read it, what this day is. And he wrote this. He wrote this, eight years old. And believe me, all my grandkids know all about the importance of sacrifice. But he wrote, Memorial Day is special because people gave up their lives for our safety. It is important for us to remember them, period. So Amen. Amen. And by the way, that's Amen. what it's all about is, is letting future generations know the sacrifice so they never forget right. as well. Um, we love you. Frank Siller, thank you very, very much. And joining us now, John, we have on the show Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis is here on Cats and Cosby. And uh, Congresswoman, uh, we're so happy to have you here. There is so much. Before we get into debt ceiling and all this other stuff, um, you did something really beautiful um, where you honored a, a World War II veteran. Tell us about, you know, what Memorial Day means to you. Well, well, thank you very much. Uh, it's great to be with uh, all of you, and uh, I'm very proud to represent Staten Island and Brooklyn. In fact, Frank Siller, a great person um, who has done so much for our veterans, is one of my constituents. Uh, so always very proud to represent Frank and his family. And then we also had uh, a wonderful ceremony uh, at the beginning of Fleet Week. We had the U.S. Secretary of the Navy, uh, Carlos Del Toro, come to Staten Island when we began Fleet Week, and we were able to give the Bronze Star to a World War II veteran who is now 100 years old for the work that he did with uh, demolition uh, Team 13 leading up to Iwo Jima uh, battle. And uh, just so amazing to be there and witness this. Um, One of my local veteran groups brought to my attention the work that he had done as part of the team. And when the others received uh, their medals, he was left out because he continued to serve in another capacity. Uh, so we were able to uh, right this wrong and get him the the distinction and the rec- uh, the, the the recognition that he so much earned as a, such a brave uh, veteran. And so very proud to be able to be a part of that. And today we marched in Staten Island. We marched in Brooklyn um, with wonderful veterans, remembering those who did make the ultimate sacrifice so we could have our freedoms and our liberties and protect this great nation. Bravo. How beautiful. Um, and obviously um... – Everything you do in Congress, I think about, you know, your your life of service, too, is it's beautiful that you're honoring them. Um, Congresswoman, I want to ask also um, about the debt ceiling. 
everybody's talking about this, uh, the tentative deal. Are you for it or not for it? Where do you stand on it? Well, uh, going through the pages now, it's a 99-page bill, and I'm uh, reading reading the uh, pages. Uh, and, look, I think there's a lot of good things. Congresswoman, you always line. read the pages. When you in the assembly, yeah. you caught some <laughs> really bad stuff. Nancy no Pelosi didn't read it. Remember, her, what was uh, her motto about passing it? But but let's, and pass then it. let's pass it, and we'll find out what's in it. Yeah, exactly. I remember that. that was so Nicole reads the bills. Yay. <laughs> And you've got to give Speaker McCarthy credit here for giving us 72 hours, as he promised he would. The days of jamming these bills down our throats without giving us the time to know what's in it are over. Uh, And I'll say this. Look, Republicans right now are one-third, right, of the pie. You have the Senate controlled by Democrats. You have the White House controlled uh, by Democrats. And so we are, in fact, making a difference and making things better. We've stopped this incredible uh, unsustainable spending that has led to the inflation, $10 trillion over the last two, two years with thousands of pages of bills, that's all done. It's not happening anymore. Uh, and that's great. And that's that's helping us put, a, put an end to inflation and get this country fiscally fiscally responsible state. Uh, now, what we're seeing here with this bill was a, a Democrat saying they were not going to negotiate whatsoever with Republicans. They wanted a clean debt ceiling increase. Look, we need to keep our obligations. We need to pay our bills. We cannot default. We cannot uh, let down our veterans, our military, uh, those who are depending on Social Security and Medicare. But we do need to change the trajectory of our nation. Um, and so if we are capping spending, right, if we are going back to pre-COVID level uh, spending, uh, we are making sure that we're clawing back unused COVID funds, that we are stopping, freezing uh, President Biden's ability to hire more IRS agents. If we are uh, making sure that for every nickel the president spends on his own through all these costly rules, that he has to cut it from somewhere. He just can't continue to add money like yeah. you one saw he wanted question. hundreds of millions of dollars. We have to take uh, a break, but one last question. One last question. Yeah. Uh, it, it's There's people in the extreme left that are mad as hell. There's people in the extreme right that are mad as hell. And I think it's going to be a, a bipartisan uh, a passing. Is the extreme right going to vote against it? I think you're going to have some people voting on the extremes against it. Uh, but look, we need to look at this. Thing it's going to pass. Did we get a good deal? It's going to yes. pass. Did we get a good deal for the American people? It's a people? compromise. There's no deal. doubt. Yes. That this is a better deal than if the Democrats were alone in power. We did the best we uh, could with negotiating. And I think I'm. Look, I'm inclined what is to your favorite part, part of the service? My very favorite part of what? The, the Army, the Navy. What's your favorite <laughs> oh, part? He's bringing you back to Memorial Day. Huh? Oh, man. Well, look, I, I represent Fort Hamilton Army Base. Army. I love my Army. Let's go. I repre- and I also, wait, hold on. I got hold Coast Guard Sector New York. Wait, we're bringing Coast in some Army music. Carry on. <laughs> See? See, Nicole, we have all the branches covered. Thank you. What else, Rodney Cole? Is there one more? Well, no, I was going to say I have the Coast Guard Second Coast Guard. Coast Guard. Coast Guard. Hang on. Base Nicole, Fox. hang on. Here we are. Ooh, that's good. Coast Guard's good. Yeah. Great. We're going to play Space Force later. Nobody heard Space Force. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Nicole. And <laughs> Nicole, let's take a you. break right now. You talk. We listen. 77 WABC.
common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back here on Cats and Cosby. Lots of big developments in the case of the Marine tied to the chokehold death of Jordan Neely. And joining us now here on Memorial Day is the great former federal prosecutor, Doug Burns. Uh, Doug, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, just real quick, your thoughts on Memorial Day, Doug, before we get to uh, the case. No, it's uh, very important. I've been listening to you guys, and it's extremely, extremely important uh, that we remember those who served and gave their lives for this great country of ours. Absolutely. I know you're such a great uh, patriot. Um, Thank you. And speaking of uh, patriots, uh, the Marine who was on the subway, uh, big developments coming down. First off, that the family of the homeless guy, Jordan Neely, who died, uh, already did their initial filing. They are planning to sue him civilly, the Marine. Uh, your thoughts about that. Do they have a case, Doug Burns? Well, there's no surprise there. Basically, what's going to happen is the criminal case is going to control the civil one, meaning uh, that the civil case will be held off, seriously held in abeyance, they call it, or stayed uh, pending the outcome of the criminal case, uh, because depositions really can't go forward when people can take the Fifth Amendment and all that. So the point is, uh, the bad news for the family is that if he's vindicated in a trial, it's going to make the uh, case much, much harder as a wrongful death case. What about also the fact that the Marine is um, planning to testify? There are reports now that he plans to testify at the grand jury, uh, which, by the way, came together last week. And they are saying at some time in June, I mean, that's right around the corner. That's later this week, it could be potentially, that he will testify, at least according to reports, in his own defense before the grand jury. Explain if you think that that's a good move. He's saying, look, obviously, he knows everybody says he was there. I mean, you see the video. There's no right. debate. It's just whether he's going to go and clearly say it was self-defense. Well, no, he made the key point. I mean, uh, quick law school hypothetical, if it's a bank robbery case and you're saying, I wasn't there, I have an alibi, I was 50 miles away with my wife, okay, and then there's some video of you there, you're dead in the water. In a justification case, uh, the beauty of it on the defense side, guys, is you can turn around and say, everything they say I did, I did, I admit that. However, I was justified in doing it, and here's why. So this is a little bit of the exception to the rule in the sense that it's not necessarily a bad idea to go in and testify. I think he should. The other quick point real so, quick. So you do think he should? Because we were talking, Ed Cox and I were talking before the show. Obviously, with a grand jury, you can indict a ham sandwich. No, but oh, no, talk, he definitely should he get in there right. because the point is you can indict a ham sandwich, uh, to quote the former Chief Judge Wachler. Um, you know, that quote's become, you know, perhaps more famous than it should. But the <laughs> yes. point is I think he should get in there and do that. Uh, but one quick thing, the 190.50 notice, not to get in the weeds, 190.50. That's the section in the criminal procedure law where you give prosecutors notice that you want to go in. That really just preserves rights. It gives you the ability to know when they're going forward, which is helpful. And I've filed many of those over the years. But the point is, it doesn't mean for sure he's going in, just so everybody's clear. Just that, and you know what, uh, to John's point, if I'm the, if I'm him, I go before the grand jury. I think it's a smart move, especially if it really is a jury of your peers, because you would think they've been on the subway, and anyone who's been on the subway knows how dangerous it is. Well, here's the point. There's nothing to lose. In the normal case, um, you know, you said it very well. Indict a ham sandwich, 99%, you know, true bill 
um, statistics. Okay, so you go in. The downside normally, as I said, is you get caught, you know, lying, not telling the truth, and then it comes back to haunt you at a trial where they can use uh, your words against you. But here again, it's crystal clear, which is I did everything you saw on the video everything everybody's saying i did it all however i was completely and totally justified because the guy was screaming i'm going to kill a mother effer i don't care if i go to jail and that presented a threat of deadly bodily force and that's why i did what he did but he walks in without his lawyer isn't that right so it's just well, no not really actually uh that that's a tricky one which i admit i wasn't 100 percent. so i asked one of my friends with 40 years experience in state court you have to waive immunity obviously um in other words the average witness gets automatic immunity in new york state grand jury but if you're the putative defendant so to speak then you waive immunity and the lawyer can actually go in the room with you oh, but the, according oh. to my friend he, yeah, according to my friend, uh, the lawyer doesn't get to do a heck of a lot. They keep him sort of back on his or her heels. But you are physically in the room, which I myself did not know as of an hour ago. <laughs> and the prosecutor gets to cross-examine what what the what the witness says in this case, yes, the defendant. Yeah, and, yes. and can the, the lawyer way- speak up in that process? Uh, not too much, no, actually. Uh, not it. too much. No. Got it. Interesting. Now, now, now the, the way I understand with the, with the Trump thing. Uh, yeah. He he was found innocent of uh, of uh, rape or whatever, yeah. no uh, and, yeah. but he's found. But he did something stupid. He 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 went and said, "Well, that that woman is so ugly. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm she's uh, not my type. She's not my type. So why would I ever uh, do that with her?" But they did and find him, and, that, and that's John, what you, they punished him on. Yeah, and they found, could, but they you, did find him guilty on um, assault. Remember, they just couldn't didn't be more right, rape. John. First of all, two parts, guys, real quick. He says uh, the woman was not my type. And then he turns to the lawyer, if you could believe it. He goes, she by says the way, she's ugly. you're not my type. <laughs> you believe that? That is the dumbest thing. You by the way, word of, advice, dumber. word of advice, you don't tell women they're not attractive, okay? Here's just a word of advice, <laughs> that's guys. That's the opposing like, lawyer. And, and, hey, guys, and the other one on the, uh, on the grand jury. <laughs> right? Yeah, and, no. you know, I mean, the other 12 women in the grand jury probably said he probably means that about me, too. So he was acquitted. He was acquitted. Donald Trump was acquitted of rape. Yeah. Why can't he sue for defamation? <laughs> no, well, they're no suing he can't, him for defamation. They, they made him guilty of defamation. And then, by yeah, the way, it wasn't a criminal case. So the point is, he wasn't acquitted, really, of anything. He was found not liable right. for rape, but liable for inappropriate touching, so it starts getting tricky, I suppose. Uh, the whole case was a mess, but back to John's point, it's the key, which is had he just, you know, done the deposition straightforward, no ancillary comments, he probably would have beat the whole case. Yeah. And now he's, by the way, he making suit again, yeah. by the way, for the comments yeah, he made at the again. CNN, because yeah. he said at the oh, CNN, CNN down all, in front he, of, of, of a million people. He called her a wacko with that one. A wacko job, Rita. A wacko job, job, that's right. Yeah. There you go. Wait, well, he, Doug, Doug, we got to take a break but i want to thank you for coming on and uh and uh, look uh, common sense may common sense prevail yep and that's the key to what you guys are doing every day is common sense on this stuff thank you so much thank and you Doug. we appreciate take, you being right. with us let's take that break and when we come back we've got tom back. carter talking about woe companies oh some new ones on the list hey, <laughs> these are the companies that the ceos are such cowards they wrote checks to black lives matter and Black Lives Matter really spent that, that money well. I understand they bought a few mansions, et cetera, et cetera. Let's take that break. You're commuting home with K. 
Katz and Cosby. Now, here's John Katz and and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. And welcome back to Katz and Cosby. Wow, lots of companies going woke. And, John, the latest one is Kohl's. Uh, they're uh, basically put pride gear for babies in the front. Obviously, they weren't looking at what happened with Target. And before we start, in the speech I made internally here, is CEOs of companies have no courage when somebody approaches them and says, we're going to do this, X, Y, Z. We're going to get social media after you because you're not supporting X, Y, Z. They surrender. They write checks for $10 million, $5 million. Uh, I understand Black Lives Matter collected $90 million. And so now Shopton's doing this for 30 years now, taking people down. It's, 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 At least he's consistent. Well, <laughs> well, what, look, well Tom us, Carter, tell us what you have to say. Yep, And Tom, by the way, everybody, is founder and portfolio manager of the American Conservative Values Fund. Tom, your reaction to what John was just saying? Well, I, I agree with what both of you said. Um, CEOs, uh, I, I think, are weak. I think they fall to the woke mob much more than they are looking at conservative consumers. And you can tell by what happened to Bud Light, what's happening to Target currently, that, in fact, if you, if you fall that way, um, it will hurt you because consumers, and especially conservative consumers, are starting to vote with their dollar. And what we try to do is give people who vote with their dollar a way to invest with their dollar by investing in companies that share your values and by not investing in companies who don't share your politically conservative values. That's Are we talking about ESG where the Manhattan, uh, the New York City controller has frozen uh, deposits, I guess, in where it was Key Bank and in uh, Capital Bank. All of a sudden, over the weekend, uh, he says, well, we're freezing the monies that we're having in those two banks now, does that mean he can start another run on banks? I don't know if that's going to start another run on banks, John. I mean, certainly ESG is is something that um, I think the woke mob and the woke media have taken over. We don't we don't really believe in that. Uh, we believe a company should provide good services um, to to their customers or 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 um, you know good products to their consumer. That's what we think people should do. We think they should stay out of politics. And the ones that are involved in politics, especially the liberal ones, we boycott from our portfolio. So you can be comfortable investing with us. So you're not giving your money to that woke mob and that woke media. Now, you keep a record of the ones that are sort of the most woke. Uh, walk us through why why some of them are the most woke. Well, cer- certainly, you know, there were the big social media companies, Rita, that uh, that were, were blocking conservative voices. And, and I would include Google uh, Meta, you know, which is Facebook in, in that. Uh, certainly, corporate media. You know, when you look at um, when you look at Disney owning ABC and ESPN, they're very woke. Comcast owns MSNBC and NBC, also woke. Certainly, the New York Times, which is in the S and P 500 fund, we take out of there. Um, and and then there's other companies um, that are like Target. And Tom, just going the one thing we off. have to do, we have to look. We got um, we may have almost a million listeners. Uh, let's t- tell them what we're talking about because a lot of them are walking around. What is he talking about? They don't know what woke is. 
Uh, let's give a translation, Rita. Well, well, woke is is basically acquiescing, as you were just talking about, to like uh, equity quotas, uh, diversity quotas, could be green energy quotas. Uh, the biggest example, John, we were just talking about Target. Target lost, uh, what is it, $10 billion in, in basically capital share and market capital share because they put the LGBTQ stuff in the front and had a guy wearing a woman's bathing suit and suddenly families didn't like it, you know, and now Kohl's is apparently doing it with infant wear. Um, so those are pretty good examples of woke, don't you think, Tom Carter? I, I couldn't I couldn't agree more. And, and, and certainly Bud Light, you know, is another example, um, you know, having a, having a trans person come out and, and coming down against the consumer that they know, which are good, good hearted football watching Americans. Um, and obviously that's hurt them. They've lost $15 billion since that started in wow. market capitalization. And, and, and that's, so, what, you know, that, that's what scared Ford Motor Company when we, you know, when, when they were going to drop AM radio. And I said, can you afford to lose $15 billion in value in Ford Motor stock? Guess what? Now suddenly they're putting them in their cars, John. They listen to you. Good job, John. You won that one. I, we, we appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, look, we got to go one by one because General Motors is supposed to. Uh, uh, Senator Cruz told my son that General Motors is supposed to go along and make sure to put AM radios back in again. But if, a, if General Motors doesn't do it, our companies, all our companies that we have, I think have almost, I don't know how many of almost a thousand cars. I have no idea. I'm going to order executive order. No more General Motors cars. Good for you, John. Yeah, and and, and that's what we're that, that's a similar thing to what we're doing. We're saying, look, if if you don't share the values of the companies you're investing in, that doesn't make sense. So ACVF is our ticker symbol, and you can know that when we you invest with us, we are taking those companies that don't share your values out of our portfolio, and you can feel confident about that. Well, thank you so much. We got to take a break right now, and thank you so much for coming on and. Uh, and we we support common sense. That's the number one thing for WABC, common sense. Thank you. Thanks, Tom. We, we, we appreciate being on, and, and everybody has a wonderful memorial day. Thank you. It's a common sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC. Well, we're back on Memorial Day, and, and today, today is the fall of Constantinople. Constantinople rose for a thousand years it was the uh what it was the eastern empire of the roman empire yeah uh, dominant there was rome and rome got so big they said well we got to split the uh, the leadership we're going to have rome and we're going to have constantinople and constantinople stood for a thousand years today is the 570th anniversary of the fall of constantinople and Let's go with my friend Luke Hatzos. Today is a day in history, the fall of Constantinople. And with us today is uh, my good friend Luke Hatzos, uh, who really works for a living, but I consider him a historian. And Luke, uh, good afternoon. Hi, how are you today? And, uh, and tell, us, tell us about all the things you do before we go on to Constantinople. Well, John, my, my primary business is, uh, relates to construction, in particular high-rise buildings uh, throughout the city. I've uh, constructed about 15 million square feet of uh, buildings of uh, various sizes. And, uh, you know, from uh, commercial to uh, residential. And, uh, but I also had a passion for other things, obviously, that have to do with cultural things. And I'm also the uh, president of the East Mediterranean 
Business Culture Alliance, and we have continuous uh, programs that relate to both business and, of course, uh, culture. And, and one of the big things that we're going to discuss right now has to do with the anniversary and the commemoration of the fall of Constantinople. It's the 570th year anniversary this particular year. And, uh, you know, my mom was born in Constantinople, so uh, I always consider it close to my heart. And the other thing that's close to my heart is I'm working hard, and I think you're working hard, too, that the United States of America is coming up on its 300th year anniversary uh, in, what is it, 2076, and 250th year in 2026. And I worry about our country. And... And Constantinople stood for a thousand years. Tell us about that. Well, certainly. I mean, it was it was founded obviously by uh, Constantine, who was the uh, Roman emperor at the time, in 330 A.D. And it lasted, like you said, for a thousand thousand years. It was a major major city of the world, one of the greatest empires, one of the longest uh, uh, standing empires of the world. Very powerful, and it affected uh, not only the East, but it also affected what took place in the West. I'm very worried about the United States of America, my homeland. My Look, I was born in Greece, but my heart is the United States of America right now. Well, John, if you look, if you look at the United States of America and you think about the uh, fall of Constantinople, you'll see similarities. For, for example, you'll see that uh, constant wars drained, for example, their, uh, their coffers, their financial coffers. You'll see that in many cases they, they outsourced uh, their trade, for example, to di- uh, different uh, city-states like Venice, etc. at that time. And, and you'll see also that, that over, over time their, their, um, their money was depreciated. Okay, so the fall of what took place in Constantinople could be used actually as a, as a blueprint for what we have to avoid in order to have what you discuss, that anniversary, the 300th anniversary, the 400th, the 500th, et cetera, anniversary in the United States of America. Well, we've got to get to 300 first. <laughs> of course. Now, uh, you, you know, you're interested you said that because this morning there was reports uh, that uh, uh, some uh, people in Washington are saying no more help for the Ukraine because it's draining the resources of the United States of America. Yes, John, it, it may be draining the resources of the United States of America, but it's very important in terms of, of freedom, not only for that country, but also all of Europe, because you have other, other players internationally. For example, you have Turkey looking at, at what's taking place in Ukraine. If, if the Ukraine folds, then all of a sudden you have Turkey saying, okay, we can now go into the eastern Mediterranean, take over certain islands of Greece, etc. You've got China, as you know which is looking at Taiwan, if they see, again, the fall of Ukraine, America falling to a certain degree, not supporting that country, all of a sudden they're, they're into Taiwan, and it changes the whole makeup, the geopolitics of the whole world. Uh, understood. And uh, we, we do have a lot of problems in the United States because uh, I understand China is standing by to see what we do at the Ukraine, and if... Uh, uh, Vice Pre- uh, if President Putin succeeds in Ukraine, then maybe they're going to attack Taiwan. Is that what you think? There's no, there's no doubt about that, John. And, and again, not only, not only uh, China attacking tai- Taiwan, but you have Turkey, etc., attacking perhaps Greece. 
You're not wrong because if uh, if NATO doesn't do anything about it, then uh, uh, Erdogan, who looks like he's going to be uh, the president again, uh, has uh, uh, has his eyes on those Greek islands. Yeah, there's no doubt about it, John. Uh, uh, Erdogan, okay, the first round he came close to the 50 percent or more than 50 percent. The second round he'll probably take it. The very important thing is that this is also the anniversary this year of the 100th anniversary of the founding of the Turkish Republic. And one of the things that Erdogan has been discussing is that the Treaty of Lausanne, which is also 100, 100 years this year, he's saying that the treaty expires in, in, in 100 years, which is a total lie, by the way. And if, in fact, he agrees that it expires, he may use that as psychologically to invade the Hellenic islands, the islands of Greece. Oh, my God. Well, Lou Katsos, uh, my friend, historian, and real estate and uh, construction strategist, thank you so much for coming on, and we'll catch up with you again real soon. Thank you so much, John. Wow, very interesting discussion, John. And boy, is it timely uh, based on everything that's going on in the world right now and so many factors going on in the world and in America as we're looking at elections and uh, so much at stake. I mean, and everybody talking about the border and so forth. Uh, well, joining us now here on Cats and Cosby, we have Dr. Peter Mihalos. He is our resident genius on all things genius. And Peter, I understand you got some uh, some big interesting news um, regarding TB in migrants. Talk about it. Well, the first thing I want to say is that uh, I want to wish everyone a happy Memorial Day and to remember the 1.1 million U.S. veterans who died in uh, combat since the creation of our great nation and to remind everyone that freedom isn't free and freedom is priceless and that people pay a price uh, for protecting the citizens and we need to start protecting people. And I wanted to talk about TB because I was just talking to an emergency room physician and he told me that he had a case just the other day of uh, one of the uh, people entering the United States and we had an interesting discussion about that. And this person had a large cavitation, which is a big uh, basically area of TB in their lungs. And they came and they visited different people and different families and women and children. So this person is basically like a super spreader in TB. And then I looked in the CDC and I didn't realize just last year in 2022, there were 8,300 cases of TB in the United States. Versus so how many uh, How many five years ago? Well, it keeps going up like about 1,000. But the problem is that it, it spread. And a lot of these cases are the ones we know about. So the problem is like this person was exposed to... 50 people. So then this happened to be in New Jersey. And now we're going to be seeing more and more cases. But this is something we thought we had under control and eradicated. The problem is that these cases that are coming in from other areas are resistant to all the current treatments. And then I just was out of curious, if you if you are one of the people who are online in an embassy around the world and trying to migrate legally, the requirements for a green card and your medical examination include a vaccine for mumps, measles, rubella, polio, tetanus, pertussis, hemophilus influenza, hepatitis A, hepatitis B, and it's uh, varicella and seasonal influenza. And you also and need the migrants. Have, how many vaccines do the migrants no. have? Well, but this is the issue. You also need to get a chest X-ray, a blood test for syphilis. When I got married in the 90s, I actually had to get a blood test for syphilis, like many of us did before you got married, and you had to get screened for a urine test for gonorrhea. So none of that is happening. So I think the uncompassionate side of all this, you're not being fair. These people are coming in to get them the 
medical care, but also you're not being fair to American citizens who are here with families and children and exposing them to various diseases. So we need to be compassionate and allow these people to have the basic health screenings that we did on Ellis Island and that anybody who's trying to immigrate right now, it's current law. That's what you need to get a green card. So we should apply that same standard to everyone who's uh, jumping the line ahead of all the people who are waiting on lines throughout embassy around the world trying to do it legally and at least get them those tests. And it's a national security and I think it's a national health issue to protect our citizens because that's what the Constitution says and that's what we're supposed to do, protect our uh, people. And then on the last note, I just want to mention, since you talked about history, today, this month, May 1805, is also the anniversary of America's first foreign war, which was in the Ottoman Empire. And the Marine anthem says, from the halls of Montezuma to the shores of Tripoli, and Tripoli was Libya, and that was the beach in Derna. And that was actually the beach where ISIS was beheading those Christians on their knees. But so they did it as a symbolic anniversary. They did it as a symbolic day, thing? Yeah, I think it's symbolic. And to this day, Marine officers wear and carry a uh, uh, an Ottoman, a Mamluk, uh, Ottoman sword to this day. The U.S. Marine officers carry that. Let's hear the Marine him. That first foreign war, from the halls of Montezuma to the shores of Tripoli. And there were... Here it is. There's there's the Marine him. There you go. And also, we have to remember that there were actually 26 Greeks who fought with the U.S. Marines and Italian cannoneers who assisted the U.S. Marines to win that battle because at that time the British would no longer protect our ships and they captured one of our ships and took 307 hostages from the Philadelphia and finally President Jefferson said we need to fight back and that's when he said not a penny for tribute and America's uh, wow. Marine and, uh, and Navy and we began as a Navy power again. That's, so that's, that's part of our history. Wait, wait, you know what? You you missed a cue, John. You didn't miss the Navy song. He, he the said Navy the word song? Navy song. Here we go. <laughs> and President Jefferson started the Navy. Yeah. See, now we're looking at the history of the history we're doing. I know we learned today. so much. I love it. And this morning, we didn't know if there was a uh, hymn for the Space Force. Nobody's ever heard it before. Guess who found it? Uh, Peter? Dr. Michalos, let's hear he did. Let's hear Space Force. That's the hymn for Space Force. Yes. Nobody's ever heard it before except you heard it on WABC. I like it. Do you like it, John? I like I, it. I talked to uh, General uh, Tyshik, uh, who I had on last week, and he he was really happy we played it. It's very neat. It's kind of like a combo of all of them with a little bit of Star Trek thrown in. Yeah. People realize how important the Space Force is. It's very important. It's actually vital. Satellite warfare is the yeah. future. We're going to be satellite warfare. Who controls the satellite controls? All the modern bombs are based on satellite technology. And uh, we also talk on WABC about the North Koreans are trying to launch a satellite for targeting purposes as we speak. So hopefully that doesn't happen. Well, we, we so had important. General Teichert, the Brigadier General from Space Force, 
uh, on on our Sunday show, I think. And and the purpose of Space Force, they're out there protecting our satellites because if the enemy, whoever our enemy is at the time, knocks out our satellites, then you might as well take your electric cars and shove them. Yeah, exactly. Because. Because without GPS, you're not Take going Take that, anywhere. Gavin Newsom. Without GPS, you're not going anywhere, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Peter, thank you very, very much. Wow, how interesting. Peter teaches us so much. I love having you on the show, Peter. It's awesome. Thank you, Peter. Uh, from Lou Katsos, we learned about Constantinople. From Peter, we learned about, about tri- everything. Tripoli. Yep, to the halls of Montezuma. Everything. We learned about it all. And, and John, appropriately, what, are, what do we stand for? Truth. Truth. Justice and the, and the American, American way. way. I God think bless America. Maybe we should end with a little bit of a little more Lee Let's Greenwood. Lee Greenwood. Yeah, you can never go wrong with Lee Greenwood at the end with a little bit of God bless the USA. It's coming up. There it is. You got to wait a little moment of reverence first, yeah, which is moment. perfect. It's a beautiful song. <laughs> 